Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Masturbation Month. It's May. Every single May is National Masturbation Month since 1995. I didn't do a Masturbation Month episode in 2021, so I'm going to try to see how much Masturbation Month I can pack in this May. Like, knowing what I've already got planned and scheduled. uh, Yeah, I'm pretty much going to fill up the entire month of May with Masturbation Month content. You're welcome. This episode, I am joined by my friend Kincaid McMinn. He's back for another episode of Keep Them Coming. And on this episode, we were mostly focused on celebrating and discussing Masturbation Month. We discussed male or penis-owning masturbation myths. When you know that there's an issue in your relationship. Our thoughts on tantra and semen retention. And we explain jelking and much more. I had just gotten some samples from Bathmate, and as I was on break with King Gate, I was kind of looking through the manual and came across a technique they were describing called choking. It's a form of penile massage, and so we uh, we talked about that for a little bit. All joking aside, penis pumps are fabulous. They're wonderful medical devices, and we talked about that as well. We also lamented about the leaked memo about the possibility of SCOTUS reversing Roe v. Wade. (sighs) Look, I mean, when I recorded it with him, I was kind of in shock still. I didn't quite get to vent as much as I would have liked to. So let me take just a moment here, if I could. Look, our, our right to privacy is on the precipice of being completely stripped away in this country because Roe v. Wade is just the tip of the iceberg. Conservatives for over 50 years have said that they absolutely wanted to go on a crusade to not only reverse Roe v. Wade, but also to reverse, let's see, Griswold v. Connecticut, um, Obergefell decision, which legalized gay marriage. Griswold was about contraceptives. Um, And all of these cases relate back to our right to privacy. Same with Loving v. Virginia, which was for interracial marriage. Look, we... I need y'all... If you are a listener of this podcast, I'm sure that you're pretty progressive. I just, I know in my heart, my listeners are amazing. Um, you you may not agree completely and totally with everything that, that I think or that even some of my guests think. However, if you didn't watch my video on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok recently about my personal connection and about the first time that I watched my mother face down death um, was because of an ectopic pregnancy. Many of you know that she had a stroke in the fall. Um, man, she's she's a tough one. But look, my mom would not be here if medical abortions were outlawed. That is what a vast majority of the legislation in different states want to do. If Roe v. Wade is no longer settled case law and the law of the land... 28 states are poised to almost completely outlaw abortion of any form. It doesn't matter if it's in cases of rape, 
incest or saving the life of the mother. In Ohio, a bill was submitted saying that ectopic pregnancy should be re-implanted from the fallopian tube into the uterus. No such medical procedure exists. And this is part of the problem. We have people making legislative decisions over medical procedures when they have no medical experience whatsoever. And they're, they're just doing this because conservative lobbyists have told them that they should you write these bills and sponsor these bills. They don't actually know anything that they're talking about or sponsoring or submitting for law. It's not only maddening, but heartbreaking, truth be told. So here's what I need from you all. I need for every single one of you to get up and get active. I need every single one of you all listening to do something. I need you to donate funds to Planned Parenthood or Narvel or if you're here locally, the Real Justice Network. They're the ones here in Kansas City. They're boots on the ground doing the work. I need y'all to listen when we say that this is a workers' rights issue. I need y'all to listen to black and brown women when they're speaking up about these issues. They've been, they have been clamoring the, the bells for a long time about this, saying this is what's coming, this is what's coming. And, and y'all thought we were overreacting in 2016, but fuck y'all, we were not overreacting. We weren't. Look at where we are now. I need you to call your elected officials. I need you to run for office. I need you to send money to candidates that are pro-choice and that are out there fighting for equality and equity. I need you to get out there and vote. I need you to ask your friends and your family if they're registered to vote. I need y'all. I know we've all cut off some toxic family. I know that we've all stopped talking to some conservative family members, but even I know that I've got to start opening up some of those channels again and have some serious conversations with people because otherwise, like, I'm not going to let my country just turn into some shit show, y'all. And I hope you don't want to either. We may go backwards temporarily, but I'll tell you, I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that it's only a blip on the radar. Because I know as a sex educator that if this shit does go down towards the Handmaid's Tale style theocracy, they're coming for me. It will absolutely come for someone like me. I'm queer. I'm active in the LGBTQIA community and support them. I'm pro, I am pro-abortion. I'm not just pro-choice, I am pro-abortion because abortion is healthcare. It saved my fucking mother's life. I'm pro-ho, I'm pro-weed, I'm pro-black, I'm pro-everything. Alright, so they're going to come for me if it gets too out of hand here and becomes a theocracy. So help me prevent that. Get out there and get involved. We need every single one of you. And men, y'all, you benefit from abortion too. You absolutely benefit from abortion. This is not just a uterus owner's healthcare issue. This is a human rights issue. So don't just sit back and watch this shit burn. Get up and help us put out the fire. Alright. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the... Uh, I promise there's more moments of levity in this episode than there is me like lecturing or like demanding action. I promise. So, please do enjoy this interview with Kincaid McMinn, and you can find part two of our interview on his podcast, Royally Screwed. Back. 
back for another episode of Keep Them Coming is my friend Kincaid McMinn. Kincaid is also a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist. And I am so happy to have you back on the show to talk about Masturbation Month. Kincaid, welcome. Woo! I'm happy to be here. I didn't do a show about Masturbation Month last year. I did one in like 2019 and 2020 but I skipped 2021. So back in the swing of things, it's May, it's national masturbation month. It's my favorite yeah. time of year. 2021 was weird. So yeah. that's forgivable. Yeah. And I wasn't being as consistent with my podcast episode. Mm. So yeah. This is now, what episode is this going to be? This is this, oh, like 128 or something like that. 127 yeah. something. Yeah. I'm not sure which one I'm going to put it in. So, but, um, Kincaid, do you know what the history of National Masturbation Month is and why it was created? No, I don't think I actually do. Uh, I wasn't ready for this. Please give me a history lesson. Here's our trivia moment of the day. Uh, National Masturbation Month was founded in 1995 by Good Vibrations, the, the sex store. Oh, okay. Yeah, the sex toy store. So they, they started National Masturbation Month basically as a protest. Aren't all good things that we have going on right now something that started as a protest, like pride and I've got this? I would argue, right? yeah. Right. Um, they were protesting Joycelyn Elder's firing as the uh, Surgeon General because she had said that masturbation is something that should be taught as part of sexual health education. This I do know about. I mm -hmm. am familiar with Joycelyn Elders. She was giving a presentation on ways that we could effectively combat the AIDS epidemic and recommended masturbation as one course of action and was panned for it. And I, when I learned that I was livid, I was like, no, this is a, this is, that's actually super effective. If people are masturbating, they're not going to try to uh, force sex on anyone else and thereby spread the disease. I think it was an, I think it's a very effective autonomous action plan. Or even, even back then, I mean, there was the science to understand about how it was transmitted by the nineties and the eighties. It was a little less known how mm -hmm. AIDS and HIV were transmitted, but I mean, by the mid nineties to tell people stay home and masturbate rather than spread a disease, which we need to learn more about. Uh, I think that absolutely was some, some pretty sound advice. I actually do know a guy here in town who allegedly has the largest sex toy collection my friends have ever seen. And he told me that he started that collection because as a gay man in the eighties, he thought that toys would just be safer than having penetrative intercourse with a partner. So that's how he started getting into toys because I... there was just so much misinformation out there about the spread of HIV and AIDS in the eighties. I love that. I love that. I want that. to see this sex toy collection. That's especially like, fun fact, uh, here in Texas, you're not allowed to own more than six sex toys. <laughs> in case in case anyone listening doesn't already know that, if you're listening in episode 128, you might know that by now. It's a fun little trivia, but in yeah. Texas, it's technically illegal to own more than six sex toys. Yes, listeners, Kincaid practices down in Texas. I actually did reference that in my January column because I was my January pitch column, keep them coming. I was talking about how to pick out a new, oh yeah, it was January. It was my birthday month. And I was like, hey, I want to pick out a new toy for my birthday. Let me walk you through the things that I consider when I'm trying to pick out a new toy. And I said that, yes, my collection is already big enough to get me arrested in Texas. <laughs> Excellent. But I could always use more. So I'm curious, Kincaid, if 
if someone were to come into your home, would would you be following the law or could somebody uh, haul you off or so if, too many toys? So if I don't know, like what if it like TSA, I don't know why TSA would be raiding my my apartment, but if TSA were to come in right now, ETF, maybe the ATF to come for your that's dildos. That's what I was trying to think Who's of. Who's going to come for your dildos? Anyway, if you are breaking the law and you do have more than six sex toys, like who's coming for you? Is uh, it the sheriff a, or is it the... <laughs> that, that is a great question. And I don't have an answer for like what sort of federal or local agency is actually going to bust down your door for more than six sex toys. But it is one of those just like old laws that's on the book. Uh, if people were to bust in right now, I would be beneath the legal limit, but it's not because I actually own fewer than six. It's because most of my collection right now is in a storage unit due to my current living situation. Uh, I had to downsize a little bit, put stuff in storage. So right now I've only got like three, um, which it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's never enough. Uh, 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 it's sort of like makeup. I can never, I mean, I'm not one to really collect a lot of makeup. I love collecting like lip, lip gloss and lipstick. I can never have enough of those, but yeah, I can never have enough sex toys. Never. I like variety. And plus sometimes it's just, it's the novelty of getting something new. I'm like, okay, let's try this out. Let's see how it works. Every not every day, but almost every day, I like to do online window shopping where I just I just look at some of my favorite retailers and I'm just like, ooh, that looks nice. I want to like jot that down on my wish list. And I'm, you know, it, it's it's just always so fun to see what new innovations are out there, what new exciting uh, technologies are being developed and mass produced and then marketed and, and bringing better masturbation to everyone like it's it's so much fun yes well and you know with i think with a lot of the coverage with masturbation month it is very female or afab assigned female at birth focused because i think that a lot of the messaging that we culturally receive is that it's that population that struggles with accepting that masturbation is okay but i run into plenty of male clients who struggle with being okay with masturbating I also run into plenty of clients who struggle with um, the idea of using a toy. Mm. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that a little bit more. First off, I mean, again, confirm for me here that I'm not crazy, that there are absolutely men out there that struggle with masturbation, that we shouldn't just label all them like, oh, they're all chronic masturbators and they have no problems getting off. And like, that's just not the case. That's that's a great question, and I can confirm that there are men out there who struggle to masturbate. Um, I've had clients who struggle for a variety of reasons. It can be either because they feel like this is a mark of shame on them that they, you know, this is like some sort of consolation prize because they don't have a partner. Or I've even had had clients who struggle with just a ton of mental gymnastics and anxiety that they have in their head around masturbation. You know, they, uh, let's say they struggle with ED or, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, rapid ejaculation or mm-hmm. erectile dysfunction or something like that. And they've heard masturbation is a great way to cope with that or to help strengthen the mind-muscle connection with your penis. 
um, you know, you're, get you in tune with your body. And so they do, but because their anxiety around their erection is already so intense or their anxiety around their ejaculation is already so intense that it can just psych them out more. You know, mm -hmm. they, they think, mm -hmm. oh, I've got to train for this. I've got to like, oh, I've got to do this. If I can't perform well here when I'm masturbating, how am I going to be when I'm with a partner? Oh my God. And it, it they freak mm -hmm. the fuck out. And yeah. it's so, it, uh, it is so heartbreaking. It just takes, a, it takes a little bit of work to just kind of help them calm down and at first find non-sexual non ways that they can be sensual, feel good about what's feeling sensual, and then you can start to integrate sexual components into that mm -hmm. and get them out of their head, you know, mm. and make masturbation less about, it, get them out of their head while they're masturbating. It's, it's a process, but it is doable. And to answer your question, yeah, a lot of people struggle. Sorry, I went through yeah, the problem no. and the solution all at once when you were just asking for... Oh, you were perfect. You brought up something important there about the difference between trying to help clients understand how to have some sensual practices and that they, while they are linked to sexuality, sensuality is a little bit different. How do you help your male clients distinguish the difference between the two? That is a good question. Uh, a lot of people think sexual and immediately think physical touch what i try to get them to do is to start with other senses if possible if you know they absolutely love physical touch then find a non-sexual way to get your physical touch fix um i have a client right now who goes and gets a massage a couple of times a week and that has worked wonders for his mindset um I, but, you know, maybe they enjoy maybe scent, you know, smelling mm -hmm. things is something that they actually really enjoy. Then you could say, okay, get a scented soap or a scented candle, Re you know, find something that really speaks to you that, that when you smell it, it just brightens you up mm -hmm. and then use that soap or candle or, you know, scented oil or whatever it is as kind of a mental trigger or this this kind of like autonomic trigger that you use it anytime you're about to masturbate and so you can start to associate the oh my god i love this smell with okay now i'm gonna i'm going to really just take this smell in or it could be a, a you know you like dark chocolate you know i'm going to savor this dark chocolate and start to sink into my senses and then use that as kind of the transition point into eventually getting into sexual masturbation. Mm -hmm. But starting with, starting with what are your other senses? What's something that you enjoy taking in? You enjoy receiving. A lot of people feel anxiety around receiving. Okay, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what can you receive? Start with what can you do and then build on that. If you enjoy smelling things, start with a scented something. If you enjoy, uh, if you enjoy food and taste is something that really lights you up, find a good food item that can always light you up. Latch on to that and use that as a use that as a starting point. Good ideas there, absolutely. Um, you know, I had a client recently 
kind of going back to the men not always being okay with sex toys, whether it's for use on a partner or mm. use on themselves. I just, I had a client recently say, you know, what? I just think that there's what I've seen out there before has not been very appealing. And so I asked him, well, that's okay. Tell me more about what you've seen out there. That wasn't all that appealing to you. And he said, I think everything that I have seen has been trying to imitate a body part. So that's kind of what's stopped me. Like, okay. So if, if it was a toy that did not have a mouth or a pussy or an anus <laughs> that was trying to imitate, you might be willing to explore it. He was like, yeah, if, if that existed, I was like, well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I mean, I had you on in what December to talk mm-hmm. about sex toys and like, even, even then, and then getting ready for my January column, I feel like I try to keep pretty up to date on sex toys, but holy shit, there's a lot of new stuff on the market. Yes. I, I, one of the things that I regretted after recording that last podcast with you was I didn't realize just how big the explosion in strokers and automated strokers had been, uh, in recent months, like literally just months, um, Shortly after we recorded, I went into a, a sex toy store and there were like four new brands of automated strokers that were out there <laughs> that I had no idea existed. Um, so I, I apologize for that oversight last time. But yeah. Oh, no, the- no, no. Like, I mean, I think we could go into a toy shop every single week and still just one day look at me like, oh, shit, there's a lot of new stuff in here. Like Find things change new, yeah. fast now. Always. Thank you, technology. <laughs> technology is amazing. Okay, so so getting into this, yeah, uh, there are tons of new toys that are out there that mm-hmm. don't explicitly look like a mouth or an anus or a pussy. Um, you know, you have so many more toys now. It's just like, it, it will still, it, if you're looking for a stroker, there will still be an element of a hole for the most part. Mm-hmm. But they are a lot more abstract now. They're much more modern and sleek designs. Uh, you know, just a smoother texture. You can get like some that look like fucking technologically advanced. I have mm-hmm. one where if you it it has a charging mount on it, or it has a it has a magnetic charging base that you can put it on top of. Mm-hmm. And when you put it on top of it to charge it, like you really can't tell what it is. It just looks, you know, if you, if you were walking past and it, uh, if you're walking past it, you'd be like, oh, is that just like some sort of cool abstract lamp or something that's turned off right now? Is that the Lilo? No, uh, great question. Uh, no, it's, it's actually one that I've, uh, the one that I spoke about last time that I was here, the Tanga, the, the Tanga flip zero. Okay. Um, So I've got, we have the Tanga flip. Um, okay, yeah. Is this, uh, I didn't know the zero. So the zero is the, the powered one? Uh, there, no, the zero is just the newer version of the of the flip. flip. Okay, so the gotcha. Tanga flip, it opens mm-hmm. it. it the, the, whole de- the whole design of the Tanga flip is that it, instead of having to clean it out and you're like cleaning out this, this completely unified hole, it actually is split down the middle and will open up and you can clean it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, with a more open space and super effective to, to being clean. Uh, the flip opens at the entry point, like it's mm-hmm. split down the middle at the entry point. Um, but the flip zero, the entry point is actually completely solid. And then mm, it splits the other end and that... flips. Yeah. It flips open at the middle. Um, 
So whenever you've got it on the charger and you've got the opening face face down, you can't tell what the fuck it looks like. Um, if you if you didn't know any better, you'd just be like, oh, that's a really weird abstract lamp or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Tango Flip sits on my dresser uh, at all times. Yes. I, I haven't really had anybody it. over. I don't think they'll notice. We just bought a house. So <gasps> congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's going to probably stay on the dresser. And when we have do house tours, I don't give a shit if they, they see it on there. I mean, they're going to walk past my office and see a plethora of sex toys sitting on my shelves there. So see, that's the thing is I, I always <laughs> am just a huge fan of having your sex toys out in the open, uh, just for, just for the whole world to see, just, so you can show off a little bit. It's 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 as a... long as it's not my dad coming over. That's all I care about. But although I did get some stuff in the mail today, and I don't mind, I don't mind if my dad sees these. However, he's not getting one as a sample. Um, <laughs> I got the Bathmate Hydromax and uh, Hydro. Let's see, Hydromax Seven and then the Hydro Seven. I also got the Bathmate Extreme, which is the eleven incher. Um, but yeah. I'm going to leave these out for people to see too. Hell yeah. Please explain (laughs) for those who are listening who may not know what the Bathmate product line is. Oh, the Bathmate product line, um, they are penis pumps. So, I mean, it's not as much about um, jerking off with these or masturbating with these. It's a little bit more about your sexual function and health. It helps uh, penis pumps really, truly are a medical device. They're Mm -hmm. not just about trying to increase girth or length you typically and those men... claims are pretty unsubstantiated exactly, anyway exactly. if anyone says that a device is going to make your penis longer take it with a huge lump of rock salt absolutely and, and in fact bathmate i mean full disclosure i am becoming an affiliate with them that's why they send me samples but Ooh. um that was one thing they said that they're really clear about they aren't trying to make any claims about increasing size what they are trying to help people understand is the health benefits of like flushing out plaque from your blood vessels. I mean, we, we all mm. understand how heart disease can affect people that we slowly over time, get plaque buildup in our hearts. Um, you get plaque buildup in your entire body. It's not just your heart. It's just that getting it in your heart is what uh, gives you a heart attack, but you've got plaque buildup in all of your blood vessels. So, um, erection strength is directly tied to your vascular health. Yes. Men that are experiencing any form of erectile dysfunction, whether it's they cannot get an erection, they cannot maintain an erection, they're not getting as hard of an erection as they once did, most likely they have a blood flow issue. And the bath mates can help with that. So you use water, you use this in the shower, and you know, pump it's a vacuum system, you pump it up, leave it on there just three to five times per week. You leave it on there for like five to 10 minutes. And, um, it helps with your penile vascular strength. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you're experiencing any kind of ED, definitely check to see if there is a physical cause, uh, first and foremost, go to your doctor, get a, get a checkup done for your vascular health. Um, but that is an incredibly useful tool. Uh, in addition to helping with blood flow, it, it is also, it also can be used for enhanced pleasure in a way as well, because by creating that vacuum, you're soaking blood into the area. It becomes very innervated, very flush and more sensitive. So even if you're not struggling with ED, you can use a vacuum pump for 
enhanced pleasure via greater blood flow. Um, but at its core, yeah, uh, it, they were originally designed as as a medical device. Yes, but they do both. Absolutely, they do. They both. do both. <laughs> uh, actually, a a large, a an overwhelmingly large percentage of sex toys get their start as medical devices. That is across the board, whether it is the mythologized start of vibrators as, uh, you know, as, as a medical device for, you know, for treating doctors hysteria. whose hands get tired. Yeah, treating hysteria, doctors whose hands got tired, you know, there is there's some dispute over how how true that myth is at this point but even so like that kind of goes back to like these roots go deep of sex toys as medical devices um uh you know if you're into kink and bdsm there's a device known as a wartenberg wheel which is kind of this metallic spiky little pinwheel I just got some new wartenberg wheels i couldn't make up my mind so i got both the single spike and the multi oh the, the uh, multi spindles. like the it looks like a uh, like a fucking uh, what's what it I'm looks like a pastry like a, cutter. Oh, a pastry <laughs> cutter. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Um, I was going to say I'm a baker, it, it, like so a yeah. steamroller, but with spiky bits. Mm -hmm, um, yeah, that, mm -hmm. The multi one. Uh, but yeah, those got started as medical devices to test nerve sensitivity. Uh, fuck, there's so, there's so many. Lots of dilators now um, mm -hmm. are, you know, are lots of sex toys in general. Uh, but Dilators are medical devices that also have sexual function applications. Did butt it, plugs start off as a medical device? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I feel like there needs to be some. I want to know if anyone's written a dissertation about the history of butt plugs. I every every single <laughs> week I have a conversation with one of with one of our colleagues and I'm like, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but they're like some grad student should do their research on that. Like should do their master's thesis on, on this question. Right. And it, as great as it is, it's also depressingly difficult to come through funding for sex research. Um, <sighs> I know yes. it's a crushing reality, but, uh, but at, at least once a week, there's so many, that's one of the fun things is there's so many questions that we don't have clear answers to. Yeah. I wish that we could and did. Yeah. Did, did you realize that, and I don't know if the listeners know this either. I mean, Masters and Johnson, Masters of Sex was a huge show and it, it brought, I think, Masters and Johnson's name back into pop culture. Mm -hmm. They'd been huge in the you know 60s and 70s after writing Human Sexual Response and then the Female Sexual Response. Um, but their entire program at Washington University doesn't even exist anymore. They did no. all that research and all that work and they don't even have anything that's human sexuality focused at WashU anymore. Oh, that breaks my fucking heart. <sighs> I blame Phyllis Schlafly. <laughs> She's a St. Louis person and ugh. anyway, I I've been watching Ms. America that was on Hulu, it's on Hulu and it was on FX, but it's about Phyllis Schlafly and her conservative people who got, uh, made sure that the Equal Rights Amendment was not passed. Speaking of, speaking of recent political, like wins and losses, number one, a win is that Marine Le Pen didn't win yes. her election in France. Uh, so. However. However, 
Looks like we night. need to fucking move to France because after what got leaked last night on Politico about the Supreme Court, which uh, Justice Roberts did confirm was legitimate and mm-hmm. that he wants to start an investigation. Uh, but the important part is, uh, yes, the Supreme Court has on their own quietly voted to overturn Roe versus wait, We will see what comes in the final decision. However, I'm fucking mad, man. That puts women's reproductive rights at risk in at least 26 states in yeah. the U.S. And really, we should we should say people's reproductive rights because yes. there's more than women that need reproductive justice and reproductive health care. Yes. Thank you for correcting yeah. me. All good. I hate I. I have to do it too. I <laughs> I gave an impassioned, I put an impassioned post on online this morning talking about my my mom's situation. Um, my mom would not be here if it if her doctor had had to either check with somebody to get permission to treat her, or it already came out since that came out last night. Ohio has introduced a bill to force doctors to re-implant ectopic pregnancies from the fallopian tube into the uterus. Whoa. That's not an actual procedure. I'm about to say, I don't think that exists, it's not real. does it? It does not exist. If that was possible, don't you think it would have been done by now? That's not possible. It's just not fucking real science. And that is the problem, is we have far too many people who are making decisions without understanding how reproduction actually works. My mom would be, my mom would be dead. I found her dying and had that doctor had to wait any amount of time to check and see if it was okay to treat her. She would have died. Or as some States are trying to pass, they would have just let her die. I'm fucking angry, man. I'm so angry. Beyond her situation, there's obviously so many different stories. And it doesn't matter why people need reproductive health care. They just need reproductive health care. And we can't make all the decisions. We can't legislate for all the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And Number one, they need reproductive health care in general, which right now it seems like it's going away. Number two, they need easy access to it, which is a whole other issue that has been continuing to go on for years and years and years. There's been cutbacks on access to reproductive health care. And now that they've cut back access, it looks like they're just trying to go for cutting it out entirely. Yep. And I'm I'm fortunate. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) yeah, I'm fortunate that I live next to Kansas because it is currently written into the state constitution that bodily autonomy is a thing. Um, But they are also trying to pass a constitutional amendment on the August ballot in Kansas to eliminate abortion, but might not fucking matter if the, I mean, the, if, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it will simply allow the states to write their own state laws. And as you Mm -hmm. say, 26 states are already like, yep, we're on it. And some have already written the legislation. So, and we do both live in some of those fucking stupid states. Yep. (sighs) Yeah. Not a huge fan right now. Matthew's even like starting to like, should we be regretting that we bought a house here? I'm like, maybe, maybe, but we got to stand and fight, man. We got to stand and fight. It's, 
Maybe this is what's going to get me to finally run for office. I I was going to say like it there is this there's this constant mental struggle that I go through whether or not to try to stay and and fight this shit or just pack up my bags and move to greener pastures. Both are equally compelling. Um both are compelling arguments and I yeah. I really do go back and forth on what to do. When I, I when I hear shit like this happen, I want to stay and fight. In my everyday life, I do want to move. I do want to get out of the state of Texas just in general for my own sense of exploration and well-being. I do want to get out of this of of Texas. But when I hear shit like this going on, it makes you want to it makes you want to pick it and and run for office. You know, whoever's going to listen to a 27-year-old no, I'm 20, 28. How the fuck? How fucking old am I? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Sorry, I lose uh, track all the time. Yeah, I've, I don't fucking know. Almost, you know, shy of 30, you know, who's going to listen to this shy of 30 year old degenerate, you know, person, <laughs> uh, you know, sex coach? Oh, he's just a sexual deviant. He's going to like, and oh my God, slippery slope arguments abound will be thrown and hurled against, against any of us mm-hmm. who try to take a, a a progressive stand in office my favorite my favorite fucking politician right now on tiktok is the congress the woman who's running for congress and used to be a stripper and is like well have you not seen her no she's fucking everywhere oh god i can't remember what what state or what district she she is running for but there's a i mean woman maybe who- i have seen her but you probably I bet I have. have. I bet I have. But she used to be a she used to be a, a stripper um and is now running for is now running for Congress, which is amazing. And she gets trolled by people she or people try to troll her and say like wait until she fails this this election run and then she opens up an OnlyFans. So you know what she did? She opened up an OnlyFans right away and is now collecting campaign contributions through I it. Do actually is it Alexandra? I could her. not tell you her name off the top. Alexandra of my head. Hunt so for sorry. Congress. That's Alexandra it, yep. Hunt for Congress. Yep, that's her. Yep. Yes, I love her. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Um. No, I. I don't know. Like, it, I have. I have been asked to run for office by someone in office, a female that's in office. I've, I've met with a political consultant and she was like, you absolutely should run for office. Let's work on your, you know, civic engagement a little bit more. Let's get you like some volunteer opportunities going right now. So, but I mean, I don't know. I'm friends with the mayor. I'm friends with my state rep. I'm friends with my Jackson County legislator. If I walk up to my Congress person and say, hello, he seemingly knows my face at least. I mean, not know my name, but like, I feel like I've made enough of a name for myself in my district. Uh, I, I've got to do something. I've got to do fucking something. I can't. I can't just sit back anymore. I guess Matthew's got- gonna be pissed, or I don't know. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll want me to just run off to Germany and run things. I don't. I don't know. We've talked about a lot of things. Let me just say, there's been some interesting conversations in our house in the last 24, 12, 12 hours, thirteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've been wanting Stay to move to Europe for a away. long time. Um, I've thought about I've thought about Germany or Portugal would both be very easy for me because I have ancestry from both of those countries. Same. Um, well, not Portugal, but Germany. Yeah, my grandmother was half German, so my grandmother was German. My my other grandmother was Portuguese, so there I've got go. pretty I've got pretty direct ties to both of them. Um, mm-hmm. The Portuguese, uh, my Portuguese grandma. I, 
she's still alive and I still have access to to her. So if I need to prove citizenship or, so, or prove uh, heritage, uh, lineage, I don't know what the terminology is, mm -hmm. that would be easier. Um, but uh, Germany is also is, you know, beautiful, has an amazing culture. Uh, Portugal, you've got this great coast. We're getting off topic a little bit. Yeah, but we could both move to those countries and totally be free and wild and go to any fuck fucking sex festival and leather fest bds that like there's so many opportunities and you can pick up the good molly in portugal and know that it's real molly and then <laughs> go have your party in germany That's i don't saying. know anything about that but <laughs> i'll talk about that shit on here i don't even care <laughs> i go to bonnaroo i, I i'm only, still I i'm do... still relatively new uh, you know, my, my podcast has not been around since 2019. Uh, I'm still, I still feel relatively new. So I still feel the need to tread lightly sometimes, gotcha. but, um, <laughs> that's okay. This will be awesome. on my show. We're, we're going to have a, a first half on my podcast, keep them coming. And then we'll do the second half of the episode on yours. So we'll talk about the drugs now. Uh, actually awesome. I care more about talking about the sex fests that we could go to. Um, I would, I, you know, I've been wanting to go to, uh, what's it, uh, Haltom Street Festival or something in, in San Francisco for years. And it's, it's been Folsom. on my list. Folsom Street Fair. Folsom Fest. Street yeah. Fair. God damn it. Okay. Um, uh, Folsom Street Fair. Uh, I, I, you know, there's, there's, oh, you know what's fucking great? Mm -hmm. uh, this is, again, we're so off topic, I feel. But um, a couple weeks ago, I was going on a walk in a nature reserve with my roommate. And uh, it turns out that every third Saturday of the month, um, the local, uh, the local, I guess, group of furries get together mm. in the nature reserve. So as we're going along hiking our trails, we come across this herd of like between 20 and 50 furries. And it was, I was just so happy. Were they I like was... in a meadow in the nature reserve frolicking in their furry suits? Uh, it was not quite, me. it was not quite a meadow. Uh, it was, there was, there's one section of the nature reserve that has like uh, kind of a fire pit and some picnic tables and like with uh, with a little bit of a covering and some of that. So that was where they were mostly congregated. Uh, but it was it was just amazing. I was so excited. I saw I saw like a flash of like neon blue through the trees before we ever saw them. I just glimpsed a little flash of neon blue between like branches and leaves and was like, wait a second. And then like cocked my head to the side a little bit. Uh, and then as we continue walking down the trail, I was so excited. I started like slapping my roommate. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was amazing. It was so cool to see them out. I, I like waved at people and said hi as we walked through. Um, my roommate was it. mortified. He was like, I don't know how to handle this. He is a little more conservative than I am. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, did your roommate know what he was getting into when you uh, became roommates? Yes, we've known each other since okay. high school. He's okay. amazing. Um, uh, but back you know, to the furries. Tell me more about the furries. I I have not gotten to interact with furries. I think it would be fun. I just want to observe it. Uh, and I would be very much just like a, ooh, what, what's this all about? I, I didn't get to interact a ton. Uh, like I said, my roommate was, was pretty uncomfortable. So I didn't, and I knew that if I stopped and interacted, he would just want to die. Um, so I we, we continued walking through, but I was I was smiling 
just grinning ear to ear the whole time. But there were people, you know, in, in all sorts. It was everywhere. It was everything from, you know, just a set of like uh, cute little cat ears on a headband, uh, sometimes with like a little tail tied around the waist or something like that, all the way through to uh, full body uh, fursuits uh, to... Uh, even like some leather puppy masks and stuff mm -hmm. too. It was it was just everything. It was a whole a whole gamut and spectrum. Some people had like the bottoms of their fur suits on, but not the tops because it was you know seventy five eighty degrees that day and fucking hot. <laughs> so I don't blame them. You know, uh -huh. it, it 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 spread everything from very mild to what you think of when you think of furries. You know, with the full suits and everything, and even some puppy players, which I wasn't expecting. It was just amazing um i was so so happy i want to stumble onto some furries in the forest now i know that they meet every third thursday well i didn't discover this my roommate actually i'm gonna completely blast him on this uh like two days had gone by it was it was like you know that happened on saturday it was monday morning and it was like seven o'clock monday morning and i get a text from him he's already at work i get a text from him and he's like so the furries meet every third saturday of the month and i'm like why are you looking this up on a monday like the first thing you look up on monday morning i had and where did he find this information as well uh he works uh in investigations for insurance companies so he knows how to find things um <laughs> I love it. He, but I do love that was also things. still on his mind. He's like, hmm. hmm. He denies he it, but I claim that it is. What's that? That he took the time to find this information. Uh, for apparently, you, for you, apparently, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I also find it very interesting. And he will deny anything that I ever even remotely hint at for him. Uh, but he, you know, he he's like, no, that's uh, I'm not into that. I'm not a furry. He's like, uh, apparently what happened was his uh one of his co-workers came into the office and was like so how's everyone's weekend and that was the first thing that he said he's like well i saw some furries in the park this weekend and again it just prompts the question like why is that the first thing that comes to your mind like mm -hmm. it may he says it's because of this particular co-worker uh has a has a penchant for outlandish things or behaviors so that was maybe you know, he thought of that because it was more outlandish and would match with her personality better. You know, there's an explanation for everything, uh -huh. but uh -huh. I just find it very, yeah, your face says it all. Um, yeah. Those of you who can't see Kristen's gorgeous <laughs> face, it, she has the most derisive look I've ever seen. Just very skeptical, like eyebrows yeah. raised way above her head to her. Yeah, to if her, that's what my roommate like, came home and said, mm -hmm. I'd be like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Well, so i i have teased him about that i will continue to tease him about that it will never get old if and when i meet your roommate one day when i'm in dallas for a visit or whatever happens uh i will be like so did you get your furry costume yet i <laughs> he'll die He'll he, die. He will die. He will. Absolutely he would probably just die. die meeting another sex coach. Like, oh god, two, two of them. This is too much. Oh my god. He, <laughs> he already regrets introducing me to some of his coworkers. Um, one of them was one of them is a psychology major who wants to go back to school and get her LPC. Um, so she and I immediately bonded 
like right away over our mutual love of psychology um and she's pretty she's pretty sex positive as well uh based on conversations that we had some of his other co-workers were a little shyer when it came to bits of conversation mm. but this this one co-worker and i immediately bonded right away off of psychology um and uh i i'm pretty sure he regrets that <laughs> so i can only imagine how he would be when he finally meets another person like me you know another sex coach it'll be a grand old time he is well, an amazing person well, let's take one quick break. And when we come back, we will circle back to some masturbation month talk. And I want to get a little bit deeper into some of the, I mean, cause I feel like when I have talked about masturbation month again, because of how things are, I think I have just always focused on things that are for, for female bodies, because mm. I mean, it's just an experience that I'm, that's where I'm coming from. Right. I want to hear about your experience and some of the things you know of that are Myths for men regarding masturbation. Ooh, can't wait. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. Okay, so first off, while we were on a break, I, I opened up one of the bathmates. And, uh, there's the course, the instruction manual, but there's this second, uh, thing called better erection strength in a recent survey. Most respondents reported better erection strength when using max out enhance your jelking workout today. Oh, are you not familiar with jelking? Right. Jelking. Am I saying that right? Um, I guess maybe no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not familiar with jelking. So first, how the fuck did it get a name like that? I have no idea. It, it's, maybe it's like between jerking and milking. Cause that's what it kind of looks like. But it's spelled with a Q. It's that's J-E-L-Q-I-N-G. Yes. yes. So what it says that you, you do is first off, you never jelk with a full erection. You stop mm-hmm. immediately if the process becomes painful. Never jelk the head of the penis, and mm-hmm. ejaculation should never occur during jelking. So the in- instructions are basically saying, uh, put put, the, put this max out uh, enhancement serum uh, on your on your hands and spread it evenly on the shaft of the penis. And then you do this okay grip, like you're you know okay or fucking white supremacist. Um, but use your thumb and main finger to form the okay grip and then start at the base closest to you as close to your pelvic bone as you can and then you move up with light pressure on the grip slowly moving up your penis the ideal jelking pressure is one that does not hurt but effectively pushes blood up the penis stop before the glands so you don't you know do the head repeat this process a hundred times alternating hands each time Mm -hmm. jelking Mm -hmm. exercises should be carried out three to five times per week why am i just now hearing about jelking uh, because you didn't grow up as a cisgender male in college. Like, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. So I first discovered jelking when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, you know, all the, every, everybody in the boys dorm is just obsessed with having sex, having the biggest penis possible. So jelking is a, 
mythologized practice that is supposedly going to help increase the length and or girth, but definitely, but quote unquote, definitely length of your penis. You know, it's, it's, it's pseudoscience. It's as from what I can tell, there haven't been any definitive, uh, definitive results like no yeah no research-based results that are replicable so because if they were wouldn't we all know about jelking i mean you would think so yeah if it worked i mean but yeah the idea is is create a ring around your penis you know get semi-erect but not fully erect Mm -hmm. then create a ring around your penis with your with your uh index finger and thumb and then essentially like pull the blood up to the tip of your penis alternating hands for however many reps there it said like 100 reps three times so you're a week just going back and forth like this kind of. uh i wish you could see the the <laughs> hand motions that Kristen's doing um, in my head i had like okay you do 100 times with one hand and then no. the next session you do 100 no, yeah, you're, with the other alternating hand. hands so like i don't know that is how you milk so, a teat so you yeah know. like you would be stroking <laughs> up like this uh-huh. you know yeah it's it's not a graceful movement like <laughs> what do you do in the shower most likely i'm sure uh you can do it in the shower you can or do use it lube. Uh, out of the shower um i'm trying to think of like when all when when i would do it i can't remember i remember it being incredibly difficult to when get was the last time you jumped kincaid uh it's been years because i realized very quickly number one i don't have the patience for this number two you know there's there's no definitive proof that it's going to work in the way that they advertise that it's going to work and you know this is i learned about this not from a product this was like just good old-fashioned word of mouth people are like oh man you got a joke to to get the bigger thicker harder stronger <laughs> um oh, Lord. Uh, but it's been it's been years because i don't have the patience for it it's it incredibly difficult to get semi-erect but not fully erect and then to maintain semi-erect but not fully erect for a full 100 strokes sorry i don't have that kind of patience um that seems like a lot of work it it's an incredible amount of work and i'm like you know what i'm (laughs) i i'm fine i I am, th- I, I, at, even at the time, you know, in college, I guess I had enough wherewithal or enough self-love or positive self-concept that I'm like, I don't need to feel like I'm lesser than because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It. Well, we were going to talk about myths when we came back. So do you think yes. that the myth exists for men that if they do certain things or if they stroke their dick just right or whatever, that they're going to have like this bigger, stronger, you know, eight inch, nine inch dick, which isn't even the average. It's not even what a lot of women want, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, is, is that just the, is that a prevailing myth that if you just do things right, you're going to end up with a bigger dick. There, there are lots of myths that are out there. Number one is this myth of jelking. There's also a myth of like, you know, whether what hand you masturbate with affects the way that your, your penis is going to grow or curve. Um, yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard that one. I don't know if there's any evidence to confirm nor refute it. I think it's, I find it totally, to be, yeah. I find it to be dubious, um, at least in part because curved dicks exist all over. Like there are, and there are direction, there are dicks that 
go in directions that people wouldn't typically stroke. Um, you know, so I guess in, in my instance, my dick goes slightly to the left and I masturbate with my right hand. Mm -hmm. So I guess the theory being that like, because you're stroking with your right hand, you would have a slight right trajectory or something like that. And it could affect, or because of, because of like how your palm is, is rubbing against your penis that it may stimulate growth in that side or something like that. But you have penises that are shaped in all different kinds of directions that go way beyond a standard right or left hand stroke. Mm -hmm. And granted, there are countless ways to masturbate. I would be curious if there, this is one of those instances that we talked about earlier. It's like, man, some grad student should do their research project <laughs> on this because I don't know if it's yeah. ever been done. Yeah. I find it dubious and, and if it is a thing, so what is also kind of the, the question, like what, what's the point of finding that out or, or it, let's say that that does end up being true. How is that going to impact you or your love life or, or whatever? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it's one thing if when you were a young teenager, an adolescent, you had no curve in your dick whatsoever. And then 20 years later, you're like, oh shit, I've always masturbated with my right hand. And I now have maybe anecdotally, there's some people out there that that could logically make sense, but I'm totally with you that there's also plenty of curved dicks out there <laughs> that th nothing that they could have done with their hands could have created that curve. It, it, it's a much more pronounced, like there are people out there that have dicks that are much more pronounced than one would theoretically, realistically get from yeah. a, fr from hand motions. Yeah. And again, also if doing just the right hand technique for stroking meant that you'd gain an inch <laughs> and either length or girth, we would all know what that technique is. It would just, it would just be common knowledge. I feel like it doesn't exist. So that's why we're not all actually hearing about it. One would hope, certainly. <laughs> I, there are things that you can do. So another thing is, is, and this is something that I've even struggled with, is uh, people who are circumcised, there is also a, a sizable movement of people who try to essentially... Uh, stimulate growth in the skin of their penises to try to recreate a foreskin. Did you know that this is a thing? Mm, tell me more. Yeah. Um, this is something that I've thought about and considered. I'm circumcised and I'm, I, there are some times where because of the science that I know about, about sexual function and penis health, I kind of wish that I hadn't been in some ways, you know, there's a lot more nerve mm -hmm. sensitivity. Um, number one, Number one, there is a greater number of nerve endings because you still have the entire length of the skin of the of the all the mm -hmm. nerve endings that were in your foreskin mm -hmm. um, still there intact. Number two, there is greater sensitivity on the glands or the head of the penis because it's covered up more often. Mm -hmm. um, there's less keratinization and desensitization on the head of the penis. Yeah. So there's a couple things that like I it, and then there's even mechanisms in the way that the foreskin 
covers and then retracts during penetration that lend itself towards greater sexual pleasure, not just for the giving partner, but for the receiving partner as well. Um, yep. There is less friction because essentially what ends up happening is a section of the, of the skin of the penis stays in place, you know, mm -hmm. while then the inner tube just moves in and out. Yep. Um, with that, with that slack skin holding things in place without a foreskin, you are, because, the, because there's not that loose skin, you're creating more friction and that can be, uh, less pleasurable to partners who aren't adequately lubricated, especially. Mm -hmm. So there is a couple different things that made me wish that I had a foreskin still. And so I started looking into it and there are people out there that essentially stretch the skins of their, of their penises to try to replicate a foreskin again. Mm. Um, now okay. it is a very lengthy process. It takes years of dedicated multiple sessions a day of stretching. And again, maybe this is a character flaw of mine i don't have the patience for it <laughs> i it, it was the same thing with joking i ended up i ended i my problem with joking was my problem with with uh foreskin restoration it's just that i would just end up masturbating i couldn't not do it <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't not masturbate for me it's never been too big of a problem but there's a lot of myths out there and there's a lot of shame that people feel uh around their masturbation or or the way that their penises look let's mm -hmm. dig into to that a little bit more mm, yes i mean i've definitely had people ask me you know how do i know if it's normal how do i know if what i'm doing is normal you know being um oh i had, I had one one person that was genuinely worried about like how they compared to other men out there. And, and in the moment I was having a really hard time releasing this comparison that they had in their heads of what their, what penises their partner had been with previously. I just ended up using like an ice cream analogy. Like when you go to the ice cream shop, there's so many flavors. Oftentimes that you might want, you may have your favorite, but you know, there's probably like five or six that if you got that flavor of ice cream, you would still absolutely love the fact that you've got that ice cream, even though they all taste a little bit different. Dicks are the same way. We're still getting ice cream, man. Like <laughs> Ice cream's still fucking great. Right. What have you kind of run into when it comes to some, some of your, you know, some men's thoughts around all that? around their penis shape and size around mm -hmm. masturbation or. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not like I've been in a situation where men, I, I don't know, maybe I'm making assumptions here that men do that, but you said like, even in the dorm situation, I know that's probably where a lot of it happens <laughs> is dorms and frat houses. Now, Cause I will say the one time that, you know, I saw guys having a literal like dick swinging contest. They were comparing testicle size. My one friend Colin, he was like, I dare any man on this floor to prove to me that his entire sack is bigger than my left nut. Nobody, nobody. He just had big nuts. Anyway, dorm setting. There is some comparison that goes on, especially if it's like boys in a locker room, shit like that. Right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it can happen. I've, I have never been in an explicit setting where let's say like me and my guy friends 
got our dicks out and then actually tried to measure differences. Although I'm a little bit jealous of people who have. I'm like, man, where do I get your friends? They well, sound like this very was fun just friends. The the dorm the the dorm uh supervisors did not have a conversation before they all left town the same weekend. So uh -huh. we threw a big party in the hallway and things got a little out of hand. Um so that's why there was that measurement competition. <laughs> You get a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds all drunk and stoned and weird shit happens. I love it. I I got to live like the big 12 college experience. Like, oh yeah. Where'd university. you go to school? I went to Mizzou. Went to Amy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's a party school. It is. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> Do they listen to your show? Sometimes. Sorry, mom and dad. Mm. I know they listened to my interview with Jeff from Promescent. Ooh. Apparently, apparently my dad's phone just started playing that podcast episode while it was in his pocket. So like the next day I got a call asking about lube. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? I like that. It was a little awkward, um, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know one myth I wanted to kind of ask you about. Um, yeah. I have definitely talked to people, both genders, who say that, you know, if their libido is low, they don't actually want to, when they do feel turned on, even if their partner's not around, that they won't masturbate because they feel like they need to save that sexual energy for their partner. But then when their partner is back around, they're not turned on. Um. I, I, I am, I am a big believer in redirecting their thoughts on that one. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just come from this mindset. Maybe this is my sexology mindset. Maybe it's just how I operate of like, we're not limited on how much pleasure we can experience in life mm -hmm. or in a day. Right. Like if I eat a great meal for breakfast, that doesn't mean I can't have another great meal at lunch or another great one at dinner. Like the yeah. goodness is not taken up for the day. I, I would say, I would say there's an element of truth in that. Um, I have definitely been in relationships in the past where my libido has dipped for intimacy with my partner. And then my masturbatory habits are still rock solid. And that can be an indicator so not necessarily always but it can be an indicator that there may be something else going on in your relationship that may be affecting your desire levels it's not necessarily that your partner doesn't love you but there may be something going on and it, it's it's a tough spot you're gonna have to have tough conversations with people or maybe do some hard investigating on am i really feeling fulfilled or turned on is there something whether it's psychological within yourself whether it's in your dynamics with your partner that is draining that desire it can kind of happen sometimes um i've seen this in in clients and unfortunately you know the the other partner it it becomes very tough because the other partner kind of picks up on that a little bit and starts to blame themselves and you want to be a good partner and reassure them and say like no no it's not you uh, and it, it's not necessarily them but it could just be something in the dynamic of your relationship that's getting in the way you know mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that Absolutely. When I, when I start asking clients about masturbation habits, I'm trying to find out more about, you know, are, are you, are you doing it in lieu of having connected times or are you, are you, cause I do think that they serve two different functions, 
you know, not completely different functions, but they are for two different purposes, solo sex and partnered sex. Mm. So like, yeah, I'm always looking for things like, are you, are you replacing partner times with solo times? Like your partner's coming to you saying like, Hey, I'd really like to have sex. And you're like, no, nah, thanks. And then you go in the other room and you know, get off on your own. Like that's, that's very different than, you know, I've got some, some time on my hands and yeah, let me go ahead and, and have an orgasm real quick. And then they come home and life kicks in and whatever you've got that energy exchange going on with your partner is not the best at the moment. If you two aren't totally vibing right now then yeah, of course, if, if your, your breaks, you know, if you look at the dual control model, like mm-hmm. from Dr. Emily Nagowski, if your breaks are being applied and your accelerators are not being applied by your partner, then yeah, of course you don't want to have partnered playtime. And there's no reason why your solo playtime should stop because solo sex practice is very important for stress relief, proper sleep, all that stuff. Uh, boost your immunity, right? All the things. But yes, if if you do find that you have no problems with your solo sex practice yet, partnered playtime is just not there, then yeah, it, it is time to start asking yourself some questions about like what, what's really going on here. Why don't I want to sexually connect with my partner? It could be it could be environmental issues mm-hmm. or any number of things. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what you said. You know, if you haven't read Emily Nagoski's Come As You Are yet, please read that. It gives a great breakdown on, if you aren't familiar with the dual control model, that we have turn-ons and turn-offs, and arousal and desire is a big part about how to turn on your turn-ons and turn off your turn-offs. So figuring out how those play out, whether it's, you know, a turnoff for you is when the laundry isn't done, um, or specifically if your partner hasn't done the laundry yet or something, then trying to communicate with them like, hey, it really helps my mental load if you do this. And then if you do this, I'm more open and receptive to sexual, you know, to, to sexy fun times with you. And you can begin to have those kinds of conversations um, and get into some problem solving. And I also agree that there is a difference and kind of a delineation between solo sex and partnered sex, and both have incredible value. Solo sex is wonderful for connecting with another human being, for, for feeling this rush of oxytocin with someone else, for deepening a connection that you have. Um, emotional or spiritual or however you want to 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 frame it and at the same time solo sex is a great chance to just disconnect from everything including sometimes but not necessarily limited to your partner too it's just a time to connect with yourself it's a great time to disconnect from everything else and just spoil yourself a little bit and there is immense value in just spoiling yourself a little bit sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I will say, I think that there's lots of people that struggle out there with that. And yeah, we touched on a little bit before we actually started recording earlier that there's a lot of people out there that a think they think it's a moral failing of theirs. If they're not getting pleasure with just partner times that like something's wrong with them. if like, that's not enough. And and that, and that there's something wrong with them for wanting to experience these levels of pleasure on their own. Like, 
I view it as this is a chance for you to discover what you want. So that way, then you can bring that into your relationship possibly and and enhance and expand that pleasure with your partner. Um, it doesn't always have to be. There are some times, you know, it, and you have to figure this out for yourself, whether you want to start integrating your solo fantasy time into your partnered sex life. The answer isn't always going to be yes for everybody, but that can be valuable. It, it can allow you that time to figure out what you want and then use that as a tool or a jumping off point and then expanding with your partner if you feel like that's the step that you want to take with them. Yes, absolutely. Well, like I said, we're going to do a two-part episode here. First half on my show, second half on your show. So we'll wrap up here on Keep Them Coming. But Kincaid, please tell the people how they can find you. Kristen, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, everyone, if you want to check out more of my stuff, you can find me at my website, www.royallovecoach.com. You can also find me on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Royal Love Coach, all one word. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I need to pull up my outro script for my shit. Did you already mention your podcast? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> no, I haven't yet. And please go check out my podcast. <laughs> and please go check out my podcast, Royally Screwed, where Kristen and I are going to be going deeper into masturbation for Masturbation Month. And we're going to go at it from a slightly different angle. We're going to go at it specifically for if you're single and you're and you're masturbating what does that say about you how is that going to impact your life and join us over there for more fun conversations yes even more talking about getting off and pleasure and all the things so <laughs> perfect well kincaid thank you for joining me again on keep them coming always always it's a pleasure to talk with you pleasure to talk with you as well can't wait to continue this more again Head over to the other podcast. Uh, go head over to my podcast and check out part two. Yes. Love you all. And I'll have a link in the show notes so you can find it easily as well. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the dirty bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching. If you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.